Welcome to the Urbans Aqua Podcast. It's your water. I'm Denise Urbans. I'm Michael Urbans, and we're glad you found us. Today's podcast is going to be about mixing ion exchange resins. Not mixed bed resins, but mixing resins. You already confused? Well, I get this question a lot because water treatment dealers, by nature, they're mad scientists. And if there's an angle, they're going to find it. What do you mean an angle? Well, let's explain a little bit about ion exchange resins because they're basically a miracle of old technology. And we're talking about softener resins and like uh, anion resins. And why I say a miracle of old technology, because they've been around for a while. They, from like World War II, they've helped in the war effort. And I think they had a little bit to do with the heavy water, which was in the, the nuclear bomb development and things like that. But I don't have time for a history lesson. I don't want to put you asleep here. So they've been around for a while. And way back when, they were fairly crude, but... Hey, you know, as things get refined and refined and refined, about in the last uh, 30 years, they've been really, they, they call it functionalized. And what that means is they can focus on different contaminants like tannins. Tannins make your water look like ginger ale. It's the humic acids that you find in well water in coastal areas and other things like uh, nitrates in your water arsenic, et cetera, and hardness. Of course, hardness, we all know that, water softening resins. So now the water treatment dealers, they have these newfound ion exchange resin tools that are sold upon them to do uh, a lot of fun things that they can do. So they put it in their arsenal to remove uh, the customer's harmful and damaging ions out of their water. So now they have these tools. They've been empowered. But there's one small problem. How could there be a problem? What is the problem? Well, what happens is well, these super-duper ion exchange resins, they're really expensive. You get what you pay for, so, especially the anion resins. They're real expensive. So this is where I say where science and cheap people collide, huh. and, and that's what happens. So a little chemistry lesson here. I, I promise I'll keep this straight, but I want to make sure you guys are following me because at the end of this is, you know, where we're going to... Are we going to have a quiz? Yeah, we're going to have a No, no quiz. But uh, maybe we should start doing that. I don't know. Maybe. So there are two main types of ion exchange resins for this podcast. There's the anion resins. They're the resins that remove sulfates, nitrates, tannins, alkalinity. So they're the anions. Your water has anions and cations in it. They're made to remove those. Then there's the ones that remove cations. The cations are hardness, iron, manganese, a lot of other subspecies, but the biggest ones, cation resins are softening resins. So both of them use sodium chloride, salt. Okay, that's what we make brine, and that's what regenerates and cleans them. The big difference to take away here is anion resins use the chloride portion to rejuvenate them. So brine is N-A-C-L, and they're using the chloride C-L part yes, of it? Yes, the anion resin uses the chloride portion, and the cation resin uses the sodium portion. So, all well and good if you use them in separate tanks, 
Hmm. Okay. So this is where we come into science. So what happens is, if you can hear our papers in the background, we do kind of script this, folks, okay? Oh. We're not shooting from the hip. You had to tell. You had to tell. We had to tell them. So some people, like geniuses, discover that maybe, just maybe, what if we combine this cation resin and the anion resin in the same tank? Kill two birds with one stone? Yeah. No, well, many birds. You know, I mean, uh, like, okay. you know. So kind of, you're saving hundreds of dollars you don't have. Another control head, another tank, another brine tank. So they said, well, why can't we just put both resins in the same tank? I said, well, now you're messing with the chemistry gods. This mm. is where the cheap people and, you know, they get everything. I, I would call it that collide. Well, some people may say innovative instead innovative. of cheap, Mike. Well, I've probably started the whole thing, you know, mm. a lot of me and a couple other people, you know, said that you can do this. But in the chemistry world, and the chemistry gods state that when you do anion and cation in separate tanks, you always put the cation first, you remove the cations first, then you polish it with your anion tank and your anion tank. And they both regenerate separately because they use different amounts of sodium chloride. Oh, okay. So anion resins may only use six to eight pounds per cubic foot to regenerate. Cation resins could be used 12 to 15 pounds per cubic foot to regenerate. So cations are, they're salt hogs, but eh, dump them in the same tank, right? But so what happens is the water treatment dealers, they wanted to economize and they put both resins in the tank. Now, this combo works great. I say I'll have to perjure you know, myself and say I've enabled this behavior. Even uh, though it's bad chemistry. Yeah. Well, if and only if. The water chemistry will allow it. And so you can't just blindly go down the combo tank unless you have the right chemistry. Okay. The water chemistry then. Yeah. It's simple. It's really simple. What happens is you want to keep your water basically soft going in if you're going to combo cation and anion of eight grains or less. And that's kind of hard water, but eight grains, six grains or less. That's really important. So what happens? Well, what happens is- If you have is, more than eight grains, Eight right? grains, mm -hmm. you'll cement the drain line. <laughs> you'll turn everything into a crust. Yeah, it's crust fill. So what happens is in a single tank, if you have a, a single tank and you combine it- In that one tank. In that one tank, mm -hmm. and you do your combo. The anion resin, by nature, is lighter so that it- when it backwashes, the anion resin floats to the top and the cation stays on the bottom. Now, if you had separate tanks, like we were saying, your cation is in a separate tank and backwashing the way it should backwash. And your anion tank is in its tank backwashing and regenerating the way it should. So you see what happens is you're, you're forcing different variables on the same tank. During the regeneration process, this is how you get the cement. Now your anion is sitting on top. Mm -hmm. So your anion gets regenerated with the chloride portion and the cation resin is on the bottom and it gets regenerated with the sodium portion. So the anion wastes and the cation wastes are now combining in the same drain line 
and then boom, you create a calcium bicarbonate by the nature of the regenerate waste. So this calcium bicarbonate now is finding a home and that's in the common drain line and that combination of waste creates, I call it cement, but it's it's a calcium buildup. Then what will happen is you'll get the complaint, the person calls and you say, I have salt water in my regeneration. Okay, um, let's just clarify this a little bit for, for mm-hmm. when you talk about waste. So the cation portion, when it regenerates, the sodium is put on the cation and then the calcium is pulled off of the cation, mm-hmm. right? That's your waste. So the calcium coming off of the cation is the waste product. On the anion, you have the chloride hopping on the anion, and then you have whatever you're trying to get rid of coming off. Yeah, so your the waste is where the bicarbonate comes yeah, from. The, the waste are is really the byproducts or the exchanged products. Yep. Is, is that it's what it forced means? off the it's anion forced and off cation. when you regenerate. Gotcha. So if you, if you okay. had a separate tank, this wouldn't happen. Obviously. Because you know you're uh, you're regenerating, and you're not combining the drain. So these waste products don't get the chance to say hello to each other no they don't maybe down in a large drain line yeah but by that time they're rinsed and they're regenerating at different times exactly so your your anion is going separately from your cation so you see when you when you fool with chemistry you're fooling with a lot of different variables here there's just more chemistry going on that you don't (laughs) know about right and but the big it's it's pretty simple though it's really High calcium in your water, hard water, will create this problem. If your water is relatively soft, which you'll find in coastal areas Mm -hmm. of the United States, of the East Coast, this is where it's mostly done, Florida, Carolinas, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. uh, these sandy soils that are by nature low pH, extremely low TDS, and very low hardness. Mm -hmm. You can do this, you know, the the single tank. And it works out well. But in Pennsylvania, certain areas, you know, Wisconsin, whatever, where you get 10 grain water, you'll get a calcification. This happens enough where a lot of people have the aha moment. You know, that's why we're doing this podcast, just to all my years of uh, finding Mm -hmm. out these little tidbits. Is there a way to prevent that from happening? Well, if it does happen and you don't want to fight the embarrassment of, I screwed up with the customer. What you would do is to fix it is you would add a phosphoric acid to the brine. Mm -hmm. And phosphoric acid is better known as, drum roll please, ProResUp or ResCare. ProResCare and ResUp from uh, Clack. They make that ResUp product. And they have the the, uh, little drip feeder. And the drip feeder looks like a... uh, window washing for your car, you know, <laughs> one of those, uh, your car where you put your window wash in there, but that's what they did. They put that, they hung it in the brine tank and it's a controlled drip. It's, it's no science really behind it. It's a drip that you have a fast drip or a slow drip. You know, it's, you have two different wicks and it drips the phosphoric acid, which is usually colored blue and it drip, 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 drip. The next regeneration comes around. It, it pulls up the acid. Do they do this as a preventative or do they do it after they find out it's a problem? Well, you shouldn't, if you have eight grains or more, you shouldn't combo your tank. Oh, okay. 
We should never do this. It's not, it, don't do it. Do separate tanks. Put your cation in, resin first, your anion second. Okay. So what happens is when it, if you do the combo and you're all embarrassed and you want to go down and you say, okay, you know, I add this, you know, and you add the phosphoric acid drip. After you clean the drain line, after okay. you pull the seal pack uh, out, right, after right. you that's fix, what I was just going to ask. Uh, okay. I mean, before you put that on, you got to You've clean. got the cement going on. What do you do to repair? How do you repair it? Right, you have to clean. You have to auger out the drain line, whack it with a hammer, and get everything or mallet like a oh, rubber great. mallet, and mm-hmm. break it all up in the drain line. And of course, portions of your seal pack will have calcification on it, typically the drain part. And maybe your injectors, you'll have to do an autopsy to, you know, rebuild your valve. Then you can add the phosphoric acid drip, and that keeps everything in solution. It keep, Basically, you have an acidified drain. Mm-hmm. And by acidifying it, you keep the calcium in solution. You keep mm-hmm. the bicarbonate from happening. And it does work. We've done it, you know, quite a few times. And the people go back in a year to service the unit and uh, indeed it's uh, clean as a whistle. Right. So, you know, in summary, if you get anything out of these podcasts, it's test your water. You know, don't come to me or another OEM or a person to try to solve your problems without a complete water analysis. So you test your water, make sure there's really no iron, manganese, or hardness in the water. That's another thing. But the iron and manganese will screw up your anion resin, kind of. You know, it passes through and it'll pass by them and high levels will can start to uh, coat them. So your hardness should be below eight grains. I think just above eight is where we see the problem. Use single tanks, cation first, then anion, then we wouldn't be talking. Yeah, we wouldn't have this. Mm-hmm. And then use the acid drip feeder, which is the res care, res up feeder to rectify or for existing situations. One other clarification, I guess, is the where you start out. This is not mixed bed resin that we're putting in these tanks. Mixed no. bed resin is a totally different animal. Yeah, that's not right. use. Yeah, mixed bed resins. is it's totally different, and we could. It's a know, different podcast. Way whole yeah. different podcast. Now you're actually not mixing or blending the resins together. What happens is because you have backwash, it they separate because right. anion's lighter. So anion goes to the top, and that's where we have the problem, you know, okay. because they separate. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. It's one more little tip for you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.